Uh, do we all have a format here? Do we even know what we're doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. Do we need a format? Do we just go? Let's just go. How about the what? Eagles? I don't know if the Eagles, you know, they won the Super Bowl in February, Brandon. It was a long time ago. Speaking of things that happened a long time ago, can I figure out how to do podcasts together a long, long time ago, back in the early 2000s? Meanwhile, you know, in 2018, Brandon, with more advanced technology, can't figure out how to record himself, as well as Kenny and I come with primitive microphones and sound recorder. What do you got to say about that, Kenny? Well, welcome to the uh, Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Here we are. We've been sitting for about ten minutes, waiting for uh, Brandon here, Mister Brandon difficult. Brown, my co-host, to figure out how to use a microphone. Now, I would have you know that we've been recording music since I don't know 2006, so we've used these programs before. But you know, he can't figure out a simple podcast. So, anyway, it's harder than it I looks. I don't know. Maybe I'll include the ten minutes of dead air at the beginning of just listening to you go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put this uh, together uh, record your voices but not mine but oh well I mean after <laughs> Kenny that's a crazy story but what's even crazier is how much weight <laughs> I lost to BBP yoga sign up now with quote stupid Brandon say 20% <laughs> and that is that is a real code at least I hope it is yeah anyway so here we are I guess this is technically episode 2 right um the, do you want to introduce yourself, by the way, since that you weren't in episode one? Colin. I don't know if to tell you all no good listeners out there with your Jeep, your Jeep, and you're running the Hollywood. All right, well, so uh, my name is uh, Juan Kaplan. I uh I the career of Muhammad Hassan in 2005. Um, yeah, no, I, you're, the, you're, the, you're the Mexican equivalent of... Uh, Don Kaplan. Well, who do you think translated the article for Mexican newspapers, Kenny? Huh? That, it makes complete sense. All Steven right. Spielberg. Exactly. So uh, I've, uh, I've been a pro wrestling fan for uh, 20 plus years. Was also uh, was a uh, you don't know that uh, don't know how I ended up going to my first ever event with a guy who you know can't you know figure out his uh, how to use the microphone in 2018. But you know he was wow, sitting next to my first ever pro wrestling event. So you know. No, 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 no. He was sleeping next to you during your first well, event actually, because actually, actually, Kenny. No, actually, Kenny. Let's 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 be fair, Kenny. Let's be fair. The one event that he stayed up for had a gigantic TV screen in his face, you know, so that, that's, that's, that's the only time he, he, he stayed awake, you know. But the following year, he fell asleep, you slapped him with an AJ Styles glove, and then I, and I tell him to go, you know, fresh well, drinks and refreshments. Let, let's give the backs, let's give the backstory. No, go ahead, Brandon. I'll let you redeem yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> At that particular mania, I think I was ill, and that's why I was having trouble staying awake. But, like, it wasn't my fault. I, I definitely tried to stay awake. I, I don't want to sleep through it. It's just, I was ill. I think I might have been food poisoned. I think that's why. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes, let me did. stop you right there. No, no, no. <laughs> let, me, let me stop you right there. Because here's the thing. Uh, just. Okay. <laughs> little no, no. backstory. The little backstory. Brandon and I have gone to countless WrestleManias. I'm talking about we, um, we've gone to. Uh, WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, we drove. We went to WrestleMania 31 in California. We went to 32 in Dallas, Texas. We went to 33 in Orlando. I was at so, 32 and 33, folks. Right, and you were you were with us for 32 and 33. Every single year, Brandon has fallen asleep during the event, and every year 
he's given some weird excuse for why he's falling asleep. But Kenny, now, Kenny, I'm, I'm no, sorry, no, Kenny. wait, wait, I'm, hold I'm, on. Don't interrupt. Wow, don't interrupt because on. th- this one's irritating me. He, at WrestleMania 30, we went to, um, what was it called? Roots Chris Steakhouse. We ordered the steak for two, you know, whatever was the most expensive on the menu because we we're like, oh, we're going to splurge. You know, we're both single guys making good money at the time. We're, you know, we're going to buy the, the, the creme de la creme of steaks. So we get it. And I tell you that because I ate the steak too. Now keep that in mind. We're eating the steak. And then we go to WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt versus John Cena is the match. He falls asleep. Now to this day he claims, oh, oh man, I got, I got food poisoning. And uh, uh, yeah, you know. And I look at him and I tell him, I ate the same steak. I ate the same steak as you. I don't know. I think it just affects the bodies differently, man. I'm not used no, no, no. to eating no, like, raw no. steak. Let me tell you why. No, Kenny, here, here's where you go. Here's, go ahead. Hey, 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 hey. Wow. Hey, 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 wait, hey, wait. hey, Kyle, wait. Here's, one, here's one Kaplan for you, okay? okay. So, well, you know, 32 comes in, Kenny. Now, I'm up for grasping Brandon just as much as the next guy. And there's plenty we can bash him for, for uh, WrestleMania 32 weekend. We'll probably do a podcast about that someday if the FCC will allow us to. But, um, so, but 32, you know, he sits there and we're at Cowboy Stadium, biggest screen in the world, and he does not fall asleep. Now, however, Brandon refuses to look at the ring for the entire event. He sat there and stared at the screen the entire event. No, no. Okay, yeah, okay, it gives okay. you a different camera okay, angle and something to look okay, at. Speaking, that's not even speaking, the bad part. But that's not angles, even the bad part. The next night, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah, I know speaking where you're going angles. with this. Speaking of angles, you know, the, the next, next night, night we're in. Yes, we're in the seventh row. Is the main thing, but you go ahead. You tell the rest of it. We're okay. in the seventh row, as in we are closer to the ring than we are the screen on the top of the arena. Correct. So just remember that. And folks, go ahead. Just so that you you get this visual. So we're seventh row, and that puts us off center from the center of the arena. Usually, the big jumbotron is centered above your head. So now, Brandon, as opposed to looking at the ring or looking at the wrestlers walking next to us, you know, on their way to the ring, Brandon craves his neck back at an unnatural angle, probably did severe damage to his spine, oh, probably wow. be chiropractic for the rest of his life as a result of what happened that day. And he sits there and cranes his head up and looks. <laughs> now, it's already funny enough. It's already bad enough. We're kind of giving him a hard time, but we've accepted Brandon for who he is, you know? But then, the most egregious offense then, we were there the night, it was the Kirkman for Monk, and it was Enzo Amore and Big Cass debut that so, night. Yeah, yeah. So, Enzo and Cass debut, and the Dudley boys are kind of like retreating up the ramp, you know, uh, like heels do, and they're kind of just standing, no, no less than what six feet next to us on the ramp. I they're mean, literally we, like side by side enough, with us. Like if you and I had stood on the chairs and tried hard enough, we could have touched the Dudleys. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like we were like four seats away from where they were. Yeah, and, and so and uh, there's a fan cam uh, footage of this Kenny correct me if I'm wrong that even shows how close you were to the Dudleys. That pointed it out, you know, that you see you and me right. on our feet, you know, excited to look at the Dudleys next to us reacting to the promo. And Brandon, of course, can't be seen because he's sitting down and right. looking at the screen. But and, but the most offensive thing in the world, you look over at him and he's staring up at the screen. <laughs> when the Dudleys and, and Devon Dudley is like, I could slap him upside his head like he's so close to us. But Brandon stared straight up at the screen. I mean, because, Devon's, you know. la- Devon's lazy eye was just about touching us. No, but Brandon right. is still. Look, I, it was giving me a different angle. I okay, Kenny, but what about the perspective? I, but Brandon, no, no. What about the. What, I mean, like, but Brandon, what about the perspective of looking at the wrestlers standing next to you? I, I, what about that angle? What about that perspective? I did. I saw them from up close, like from that. But then I look at it, you get the two no, in the face. No, Brandon, you. 
it gives a different feel. It adds to the drama of the. Brandon, Brandon, I just Look, you want to talk drama? No, you want to talk drama. You spent no less than a thousand dollars to watch TV screens all weekend. <laughs> no, Brandon, wait, wait, no, no. Wait, to, your, to your point, Kenny, Brandon, I just want to point out to you that there is fan cam footage of a guy filming our section reacting to the Dudley. So if you want to sit there and, compl- and claim that you looked at the Dudleys come off of the ramp, I will find the video evidence that proves you wrong. There, okay. There's also audio evidence, by the way. I just want to point this out. Audio evidence from this podcast now that he basically just lied because remember that story I told you was from <laughs> WrestleMania 30 about Correct. how we had the steak and the food poisoning. He said, he said it was for WrestleMania 32 as well. Wait, no, no, you claimed that it happened at WrestleMania 32. No, 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 the, the WrestleMania, <laughs> wait, which one was 30? That was thirty three, first of all. Okay, okay. So now well, you're yeah. getting no. so now you're getting all of them confused. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Hold on. So which wait, thirty one thirty in New Orleans. Uh, okay, yeah. Thirty uh-huh. in New Orleans. I was food poison. That I did. I ate bad steak, it was raw steak. That was food poison. So, so what happened to thirty one, Kenny? Why do you fall asleep with thirty one? Uh, I don't know. At thirty-one, it was uh, it was really hot. The California sun was all baking me, and uh, I'm not used to that. Uh... Yeah, we we're outside in the sun <laughs> all day. You know, it was hot out. It was bright. Yeah, WrestleMania no, thirty-one. No, 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 wait a minute, Brandon. How 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 long would you remember sleeping? Do you can, do you remember when you were sleeping? Eddie? You've been up since when you were sleeping. No, no. I just it's just come to a point where I ignore the fact that I've even come with a person to WrestleMania, and I just enjoy myself because if I look at the person that's basically socially comatose next to me, I what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I, Look, it was fine. I was awake for that. Wait a minute, Kenny. He's 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 trapping himself even further. He says he can't fall asleep on a hot and sunny event. I saw him fall asleep at thirty three, and you strap him right. awake with an AJ Styles glove. Okay, right. so <laughs> thirty three was in Orlando, right? <laughs> I was ill there as well. I was also ill. So, yo, now, now thirty three. Let's talk about thirty three. I mean, I, I had just you know. Maybe. Had my, what my daughter was born two days before. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I was not and, feeling well. Uh, Thirty-three. For Let's 30 talk. Days. My daughter was born two days before, mm-hmm. and you know, sleep deprivation stuff. I'm not complaining, but I went and I had a good time. But Brandon apparently was ill. Brandon was the one that was just horribly, horribly <laughs> ill at WrestleMania Thirty-three. God forbid. Let's uh, also point like out, Kenny, though, that in anticipation of going to several events, Brandon had probably requested off several of these. He's probably sitting at home doing nothing for four days. And then, right. if you remember, I texted him and asked him, hey, Brandon, Kenny's obviously busy with his newborn daughter. Let's go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think I'm going to sit this one out. And, you know, I'm sitting right. there in Orlando, Florida, you know. <laughs> don't get me wrong, Kenny. I'm glad that I was there the weekend your daughter was born. But I'm sitting there, you know, in, in Florida, having requested time off from work, you know. And I was preparing for some big changes in my life at the time, too. I was about to move and relocate for work. You know, and you know, by last four days of you know having a carefree life, if you will, you know, Brandon takes away the joy of one of them. But he didn't let me see. He he sits here. He talks about being this huge TNA mark or whatever, right? And so you know, Kurt Angle. Oh, we touch on, we touch it. We touch on that on, in episode one. I, I heard it. I heard it. I prepared. Yeah, for he podcast. sat there. He sat there and tried to talk about how he's a big TNA fan. When me and you, we used to wake up religiously on Saturday mornings. Now, and now we for used you to... folks out there, just so you understand, when we say this time that we were doing this, I was double majoring full time. 
Kenny was working full time at, at that time, and I believe you were actually going back to school for a bit. So we yeah, yeah, here, exactly. I was. We, we were sitting here on Saturday mornings, making extra time to watch these shows because we were too busy during the week to watch them. So. We would wake up on Saturday morning, obtain the shows, and we would just watch them together, uninterrupted, you know, and set our alarms, call each other, wake each other up, sit there in our pajamas, then probably sometimes go back to sleep or go straight to work or start doing our homework, whatever we had to do. But no, Brandon, Brandon's the one who wants to sit here and, 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 and talk about how he's this, this TNA super fan. Meanwhile, you know, at, at, you know, they go to Hardcore Justice, so isn't there some story about that? Can't how Brandon even want to walk fast to get into the show? I was walking. What hardcore justice? Past. I don't even remember because, like I said, I tune Brandon out at live events now. Well, the wow. story goes, folks. You know, because oh, Brandon, you know, probably reeling from the effects of some. Oh other wait, story. wait. Are you talking about him having him his little pit stop before we went in? Yeah, here's another thing for you folks out there. Like Brandon to always has to make a pit stop. Brandon uh, always has to on. see a pit stop. Okay, so now. He, he sits here and claims like, "Oh, this circumstance, that circumstance." No, it's every time. Brandon, yeah, let's let's talk. Let me let me, let me tell this because let me tell you how irritating it is. We drove an hour and a half from Tampa to Orlando to go to Hardcore Justice. You know, at uh, Universal Studios, it was free. It, basically, as long as you can get in, it is free. That's the key part of that. As long as you can get in. So we get out of the car. We're running, quite literally running, because we're late. Traffic was bad. Parking was bad. So we're running to the event. All of a sudden, I turn around, and Brandon's gone. And I look in, in the distance, and I see him rounding the corner for the bathroom. In, in, in all, what can only be described as super slow motion. Because the man is no. walking at no less than... He's basically going one Mississippi step, <laughs> two Mississippi step. And then he uses the bathroom. Anyway, fast forward, we get all the way to the front of the line. We are the cutoff for the event. As in, they stopped, as in they stopped the line right before we got in and said nobody else can go in. To say that I was livid is an understatement for driving well, an hour and a Kenny, half. Kenny, I have to say you have a good heart and you try to forgive people, but I remember the original version of the story. Not that you're embellishing things, but I think you've tried to forgive Brandon in your memory, so you're, you're downplaying how it happened, okay? <laughs> I'm getting sentimental in my old age. Okay, know? okay. I mean, I, I mean, granted, Kenny, mind-blowing moment. It's been eight years since you went to that show, so... Um, right. Anyway, so now I remember the original version of the story because I heard it on the phone with your full fury. So... <laughs> <laughs> so you sat there and said, you know, we get out of the car, and not only does Brandon not want to run, he doesn't even want to walk fast. And I'm he wants to stop at a brisk pace. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'll brisk pace my ass. <laughs> no, actually, I, I did embellish part of that story, too. The cutoff wasn't us. I remember it now. There were three gentlemen in front of us who uh, the line cut off. But you were and the final ten. No, no, in, no, 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 no. There's a reason I say it like this. There's three guys in front of us, teenage guys. I mean, how we were early 20s at the time. So they start horsing around, and Brandon hands them a chair and says, hit each other with this. And they do it. They do it. That's the worst part about it. Well, security catches on, and they kick them out. As they the kick plan. those three out, they say, we have room for another two. All part of the plan. <laughs> You know, that's how we got so in. Brandon got these guys kicked out, basically. But as luck would have it, they allowed us to go in, and we were the final two, and they told the rest of the people, quote, and I'm not embellishing this part, they said, everybody else go home. There is no more room. See, it worked out. So 
if not for Brandon's savagery of just <laughs> just ruining these kids' night, we wouldn't be in. So I guess thank you for being evil, Brandon. That's I right. appreciate it. Thank me. And we got better seats. It just worked out. We enjoyed the event. Let and me I got to urinate. Tell everybody that the part bladder. where you wait to get in had a bathroom right there. <laughs> Can, can I explain that? The soundstage, right where if anyone's been to TNA before, uh, there's a bathroom right there. So while waiting in line, Brandon could have gone to the bathroom. But that's neither here nor there. It worked out how it should. We ended up in like really, like almost like a VIP section, like that yeah. we were not supposed to be in. And it was a good show. And um, yeah, it was a really good show. A good show. Hey, Brandon, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, Brandon. Since you know, it doesn't sound like he slept through this one. What was the main event, Brandon? What was the main event? Uh, no, 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 no. He couldn't sleep. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. We were standing up, so it was he was good. standing. That's exactly what I was about to say. He couldn't sleep anyway because he was standing. Brandon, so, must it, Brandon must envy cows and horses. I do a bit. And the main event, well, the main event was supposed to be Jerry Lynn versus uh, RVD, but Jerry Lynn hurt himself in training, and then uh, it was Sabu versus RVD. Right. Yeah. All right. I, so, I, yeah. So first of all, welcome, welcome. This is the uh, I guess the portion where we actually talk about wrestling. Um, but let's talk about ratings, because you want to talk about ratings. Uh, I don't think ratings are as prevalent in today's day and age as people make it seem, because they're like, declining viewership this, so on and so forth. It's not, you know, the 90s where the ratings are the end-all, be-all. You know, WWE has a big social media presence. They have a big presence in other countries, live events, things like that. They're, they're doing just fine. They're making more money right Dollar for dollar, they're actually making more money today than they were back in the Attitude Era, which was their hottest ratings ever. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a plus. Mm -hmm. For sure, absolutely. I mean, I think the amount of revenue, as much as we get, as uh, you know, a lot of smarts get jaded, I think that uh, we have to understand that W making more revenue opens up more opportunities. Like, let's be honest, you know, we complain about PG, but PG got them the most money they've ever had, and that allowed them for signed people like AJ Styles, like Shinsuke Nakamura, like all these other people. They made WWE an appealing place. I mean, they were paying Nakamura, correct me if I'm wrong, main event money while he was on NXT, and that would not have been possible without WWE generating the revenue it's doing hand over fist. And so we have to remember that you know the. The, the industry leader. I don't think WWE's position as the industry leader is ever going to be usurped at this point. Um, and let's talk about why, though. Uh, you know, you, you touched on it, but just to explain it further, and I don't think a lot of people think about this. I told this to Brandon the other night uh, when we were watching Hell in a Cell. You know, I, I have a philosophy in life, which is when things go too far one way, they have to be brought back the complete opposite direction to have some middle ground. That's just how it is. So what a lot of people don't, what a lot of people take for granted is WWE had to go PG from the Attitude Era because they were perceived as the sex, drugs, rock and roll, provocative, you know, basically the, almost like a UFC, like this is real, dude. these guys are getting hurt, they're bleeding, they're this. Nobody wanted to be a sponsor for WWE because it was violence, it was not something that was encouraged in the household. They went all the way to PG. So, when they went PG, they got more sponsors, they're perceived as family-friendly, they did some hokey characters, but if you look now, they've kind of loosened the reins on that, nope, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um, ooh-ah. They've, yeah, ooh-ah. So, uh, they've, they've loosened the reins on, you know, basically what is PG, because they're still PG, it's still the rating that comes up in the corner, 
But, you know, you have this week, you know, uh, Becky Lynch going, Charlotte, call, call me queen, bitch. You know, and they can get away with it because it's not like they're cursing up a storm every episode. You know, so again, it's just really we've we had to go through PG to get to this middle ground, which allows for a lot of sponsorship, allows for, uh, you know, great TV deals. They're making money hand over fist, like you said, and, you know, now they can sign bigger stars away from other companies. I mean, this is probably one of the most stacked rosters ever. I used to say 2002 was the best uh, roster ever, but even in 2002, they didn't have the mix that they have now because they have different divisions. They have the UK division, they have NXT, they have a whole bunch of other stuff. It's just amazing. Yeah, but now they got no pyro. Right. <laughs> which, which is completely true. I kind of miss the pyro. It adds to the presentation to everything, you know? I mean, so do I. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see it come back later on. But at the same time, if they don't need it and they're still making money, why spend the money? I get it from a business aspect, from a fan aspect. There's no Titantrons, you know, just the logos. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that was a cost thing. I think that was a presentation thing. You know what I mean? I think because they make video packages still, they, but, you know, it's just easier to have the clean aesthetic of um, logos. What do you think, Juan? Do you miss the Titantrons, or are you cool with just the logos, or what do you think? I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I think that it is a little more, ironically, with the movie Vince McMahon trying to get away from looking like a sport too much, I think it's a little more sports-like. I mean, you watch boxing, you watch MMA, you watch football, you watch baseball, you watch basketball. There's some sort of, you know, interesting logo on the screen, or you know, if you guys remember the Chicago Bulls in the 90s, you know, they had that intro with the bull running through the city of Chicago. You know, it wasn't like this entrance video with clips of Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and, you know, scoring, but, you know, something for the crowd to enjoy, something to add the ambience because the eyes are supposed to be on the performers or athletes themselves. And so, in one hand, I don't mind it. I think that just having been brought up with Titantrons and Engines videos as part of the pro wrestling presentation, I think it's hard for us to, you know, not have it. But I think, you know, say you know, uh, right now, you know, a 8-year-old who's uh, watching wrestling, I don't think he's really going to be phased by it. I don't think he's going to look at the old stuff and think, oh, man, that was so much cooler or anything. I, I don't know. That's just that's just my take. I'm wondering if it's just conditioning. No, and, and to your point, I mean, I, I think you're right, because I'm, I'm a guy who used to, you know, make my own Titantrons, like, kind of as a hobby, and oh, post I, them on the internet. Absolutely, uh, I just, uh, would like to, sidebar for a second there, Kenny, we'll get back to your point, but I would like to say, uh, we do offer our condolences to, uh, Trimoon, who you guys might have heard passed away late, recently, um, he was one of the most prolific editors of anything online, he edited most of the Botchamania intros, and, uh, Kenny at one point was on, uh, you know, daily conversation basis with him, so that... That kind of bowed us, and unfortunately, we heard that uh, reading Reddit, just like a lot of you did. So, uh, did yeah, like yeah, that was that was that was really hard to hear because I mean, we had a tight knit community of you know video editors, and you know, some of us liked each other, some of us didn't. But he was always a good uh, mentor to have, um, and you know, he edited. He was one of the best editors that I knew. It's it's kind of interesting as I click videos that I still have on my computer now. Um, you know, I always see his logo on him. I'm like, oh, he made this. And I forget how much he made. You know what I mean? And like and, I said, every person has seen Botchamania. He did the majority of the fancy editing for Botchamania. And it's, right, right, exactly. And it's like, so it's like sometimes you get humble and you're like, oh, well, you know, these guys weren't a big deal. But like like you said, I mean, he he really made his name known. He got out there. He 
all those botchamania videos those were him and that's that's amazing to think because i know if you're listening to this you've seen botchamania i promise you i know you've seen it and and yeah so our condolences go to him um really tough to hear um a couple weeks ago he passed away yeah uh i personally don't know from what i haven't been in contact with him for a couple years kind of fell off the, the loop there uh really wish i hadn't to be honest with you but um yeah and like i said i just did not i didn't like finding out video on reddit that just right didn't. yeah i think you i think you said it best you know sometimes like you know obviously we're all older we all have families and things like that now and we're kind of like oh i hope everybody is doing well you know from that era of you know forums mm-hmm. we just assume that everybody's off doing the same thing we're doing which is starting families and and having good lives and stuff and then to hear you know one of our fellow you know members uh passed away that's that's a tough tough blow because mm-hmm. you want you want the best for everybody even even the stupid people who uh you used to argue with on yeah on posts and stuff you know and, what i mean it's like just, I said, it was as, all in good fun as the years have went on you know i was you know maybe not maybe i wasn't confident some people more than others they'd be like you know good jobs families and stuff but i just i just wanted them to be okay i hope they were still having fun watching wrestling you know that's all right Anyway, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, it's a good good thing to put in the episode there. And uh, anyway, Brandon is dropping out. Uh, we'll we'll let you go. And I think the, I think we'll remain on the call. Oh, let me tell you, I had nothing to do happened. with that. I'm totally neutral. I had to go to the bathroom. I thought the show was over with. I had nothing to do with that. Okay, leave me out of it. Um, there's Booker's okay, explanations. So, I mean, what is something that stood out? You know, it's what is it Thursday today? So, what do you what's something you think that went really well? Or was something you liked on either show? Um, I liked the sense of chaos and pandemonium that they were establishing with, you know, not knowing about, you know, just Brock Lesnar's appearance at the pay-per-view. I, I think they played it up well that it was just absolutely chaotic and created a lot of pandemonium. You know, I've, I've talked, I've seen some fans commenting, like, uh, about, like, silly things, like, like, oh, man, you know, why hasn't Lesnar been here the whole time if he's so mad? And why, why, why isn't he, you know, trying to get his championship back and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... The thing that frustrates me is, you know, I think fans are just too hard on it. Like, you know, within, correct me if I'm wrong, unless there's something I'm overlooking, Brock Lesnar is challenging for the UFC heavyweight championship within kayfabe as well, right? In kayfabe, yeah. I mean, he's... He's, he's also... He's, yeah, he's off to UFC pretty soon to challenge for the title. Everyone knows it. Um, you know, the issue I had with everything is, like, I feel like, you know, and I feel like this is something I'm going to say every episode, which is people online just want to complain. And they just want to find a way to not enjoy themselves. And I have a big problem with that. It is like, they focused on the fact that, oh, you're telling me that Mick Foley can continue a match after falling off the cell twice, and these two get an F5, and they can't continue the match? Well, one, it's not the Attitude Era. Nobody should be doing a match like that anymore. And then the other thing is, in kayfabe, Brock Lesnar's like the end boss, right? Mm-hmm. So he's powerful. But it's not that he just walked in the ring and gave them F5s. He beat the crap out of them with a table, if no one remembers that. Right, if vividly, I do. And, you right. know, to, to your, you know, even further to your point, it's, you know, I like to take a different approach than you do sometimes. and Well, sometimes. Um, I like to focus, okay, can we find a cohesive explanation within kayfabe for this? Okay. Right. And within right. kayfabe, my cohesive explanation is as simple as this: 
within kayfabe, we acknowledge that medical science has advanced, that the WWE has a wellness policy now. Mick Foley, having been in this kind of a match, having suffered long-term damage from his career, him being a referee, he's probably like, man, I'm not going to let, you know, this match continue when people are like this. Doctors now know more about concussions and other types of injuries than they did when that happened. And let's loop this back around. I mean, you might say I'm stretching a little bit, but I think so too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that at all. Listen, I think, I'm going to make a point right after you say it. I said, I think so too do pro wrestling fans stretch things when they try to criticize it. Now, let's look right. back to 98. Within kayfabe, did Mick Foley not rip himself off the gurney and push the doctors out of the way and run back into the right. ring? It, right. In kayfabe, the match was done. In kayfabe, the match was absolutely finished. He was getting carted out. And I vividly remember Terry Funk you know, pulling him away and saying, don't do this, Mick. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't go back. So in kayfabe, he was the match orders. was over. Right, <laughs> the, the match was over, and that's what I'm saying is like there was no three count people, in that match. Right, it goes back to people saying um, being critical for the sake of being critical. They're not able to suspend their disbelief the same way that they did when they were kids. It's like now as adults or you know or teenagers or whatever they are, they don't suspend their disbelief. Now, could you imagine watching Black Panther or watching some Marvel movie and being the same way? Could you imagine going, oh, well, that man can't drink a potion that makes him, you know, the Black Panther? Well, that's no, what that's, I was, that's not possible. And that's why I was hoping, you know, you and Brandon watch Jurassic World 2 soon because, you know, I, uh, I watched Jurassic World 2 and I won't give away too many spoilers. But basically all I'll say is... You know, if we were wrestling fans, they would sit there instead of, you know, getting sucked into the narrative. They'd sit there and be like, oh, well, why did this play out? This character might not be in the movies for too much longer and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, can you get... Oh, a, di- a dinosaur would never eat him. Right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what business does a dinosaur have getting anywhere near a zoo? Uh, like, uh, okay, well... Like whatever, it's 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 just... I get so frustrated because if we analyze everything like pro wrestling fans analyze wrestling it's I feel like there's this culture that exists then this is why I get frustrated you you know I was a hardcore ECW original fan and people say that those were you know the original smarts in some ways and I take offense to that because ECW fans still had fun at every show yes they were tough fans but they were still willing to get sucked into the narrative why did Paul Heyman on the, on the rise and fall of ECW TV he said he booked Mikey Whitbrack pinning Steve Austin and winning the world title he was like Never had any hope of him being the world champion or carrying the company. I just wanted the pop. And darn if the power did not pop insanely when Whitbrack pinned Austin and won the world title. And that's what I think separates the old ECW style of fan, right. of smart, from today's. We right. still got sucked in. We didn't care that Mikey right. Whitbrack was It was a, an underdog story. Yes. It was an underdog story, whereas today it would be all over Reddit of, you know, Mikey Whitbrack in no way, shape, or form has it in him to beat a guy like superstar Steve Austin. There's no way that he should be beating Steve Austin. Oh, no, what about the I don't understand why here? the booking was like that. Yeah, I don't oh, no, understand why the booking was, was... Why would Paul Heyman do something like that? Well, no, it, it'd be like, oh, well, if they're trying to trying to keep Steve Austin and establish him as, you know, the, the place where people can reinvent themselves, why they why they have him... Why they bring in Austin and pay him all this money just to put over Mikey yeah. Whipwreck? Why, why are they burying him? Austin's getting buried because he lost to Mikey Whipwreck. No, 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 the term. No wonder he's going to WWE. Or right, and then, you know, the narrative would be like Austin's mad at Paul Heyman, so he's leaving to WWE or something. Like it's like, you know, sit there, sit back, sit back, and enjoy the show. It's as simple as that. I mean, I think a perfect example, one that I want to talk about, is WrestleMania 33, 
we saw Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and it was just the epitome, it was just the epitome of listening to fans like that. The whole time Goldberg is making his entrance, there's booing. People are pissed because oh, okay. they're like, oh, these part-timers, they're taking the spot from Kevin actually, Owens. Actually, Kenny, I'm sorry, I've got to correct you. It's actually a little more egregious than that. So okay. he comes out, and the crowd wants to have fun, and they want to do the Goldberg chant, right? Goldberg, right. Goldberg. His power hits, boo, old man, get out, Oldberg. And then we hit a part of the music where the crowds are chanting Goldberg again. They're awesome. His music stops, they're booing him, like you said. Now, when the match starts, and I, I love, if I remember correctly, you, you yelled something, something quite colorful at the crowd that day. I mean... You know, to add more to that, like, there's little comments that people are like, oh, part-timer, you know, old man, you shouldn't be wrestling anymore. And they're just having it out for Goldberg because they're mad that people like Kevin Owens and, and stuff are not in the main event. And all of a sudden, the match starts. And they're booing the crap. Like, the, the bell rings. They're booing the crap out of Goldberg. It was, it was the moment, I remember, Brock starts the match, right. ducks under, hits the two belly-to-back suplexes. Then all of a sudden, right. Goldberg pops up and spears his lights out. And right. And the place goes nuts. And I'm talking about, I'm looking at specific men who were just chanting Goldberg. And they're screaming at the top of the lungs because they're so excited. And if I remember correctly, my comment was... Oh yeah, you fickle sons of bitches! Like it, it I was, was, it was, it was like fickle. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a B word. It wasn't that one. <laughs> it was, it was, it was fickle. Oh, you fickle! Oh yeah, you fickle bastards! <laughs> like because I was irritated that these people are booing the crap out of Goldberg, which is probably not helping the performer and it's not helping the presentation. But then the minute Goldberg does something awesome, they're cheering, which is exactly that. Shut your mouth, let it play out. And have fun. You don't need to be bitter before before all of that. And that's you know a more I mean? recent example and one that you and I were there live for, so it, it hits a little closer to home. But I remember an example we talked about. Was that uh, Rumble 2014 when uh, Nash returned as Diesel? I mean, I think he returned in two Rumbles. As, uh, there was uh, 2011. No, it was 2011 he, he returned as Diesel. And I think 2014 he came out as Kevin Nash. Okay, well, I'm talking about the time he came out as Diesel. Because as you pointed out, you know, he didn't get much of a reaction coming out as Nash. And that is what it is. You know, but he came back as Diesel. And the place came unglued. And everyone's just like, oh, why are they cheering just because he's in the Diesel outfit again? It's still Nash and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, you and I talked about it. You know why they were cheering? Because they had fun. Because Diesel was his was a character when they were little kids and they all had fun and enjoyed and got sucked into seeing the Diesel character again because for all intents and purposes what business do we have seeing the Diesel character again in 2011 Nash is his Legends character right and so I, I bet right now listening to this podcast there is a smark right now that's shaking his head going no 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 it's nothing like that well listen to me you bastard you like Star Wars don't you and you loved when Harrison Ford put that costume back on to be Han Solo. You loved when to see Luke Skywalker, right? You loved to see all the old characters and their old care in, in the characters that they did in the seventies, right? You loved it, right? Why can't you have that with Diesel? Just understand that, that it was something cool to see and have fun. You don't have to be so cynical. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You don't have to be so cynical about it. When Kofi Kingston, you know, in the ring is sitting there fighting off a smile because he sees the Diesel character again, why can't you have fun like that? Right. But that goes back to why there's certain people who are in the wrestling business and there are certain people who are not. And I'm not saying that in a sense of, oh, well, because I have that attitude, I can. I'm saying that more so you all sit there, you be cynical, 
and then for some reason it's wrestling is your hobby and yet you're criticizing every little bit of it come on now anyway i'm getting i'm getting frustrated <laughs> like i do when i discuss the subject so yeah, yeah. let's 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 change the topic a little bit let's talk about um i don't know let's see any any other segments from uh oh actually let's talk about jeff hardy versus randy orton um at you know i admittedly i was very critical of the two matches that they chose for the cell i thought that you should have some blood feuds in the cell mainly aj styles versus uh samoa joe i think deserved a cell match more so than the other two and then uh becky lynch versus charlotte I think that one could have been very well in a cell. However, for what they were given, Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton stole the show. My opinion, absolutely stole the show. I can agree with that, but um, so I, mean, I don't really have a disagreement with you on on that regard. But what I wanted to kind of you know talk to you about was you know over the years you know you and I were not and probably still are not fans of WWE just, you know, forcing gimmick matches onto the pay-per-views and structuring them around it, you know? Right, the, right. The cell was I always, did mention that, but sure. yes, yes. Yeah, you did. Now, the cell was always established as, you know, the blow-off to a few and in. The funny thing is, it still serves that purpose because despite the standalone pay-per-view, Triple H and Taker still had one at 28, and Shane and Taker still had one at, at 30, uh, 32. So very true. It's, very true. It's not like that's been de-established in KFA. But what I'm saying, not that I like this, I just think it's a different way to look at it. I still don't like it, but I think what we might need to be looking at is WB wants us to no longer treat that like the only time it gets pulled out as a blood feud. Um, if we think about it from a KFA perspective, WB could potentially be looking at it as you know what. You know, previously it was just a barbaric match. They dusted off for these bloody feuds and put dangerous performers in there, right? If you think about it from KFA, this is a complete and total alternate universe thinking here. It's, for the standpoint, why would they only put people who are bloodthirsty and give them more tools to hurt each other? The, the cell is just now being used as another form of athletic competition. It's another kind of, let's, let's prove that we have the best athletes in the world and look at the kinds of matches that they're able to engage in. As opposed to it only being dusted off for a blood feud once right. every three or four months. You know, right. I still don't like it, but I just think, like I said, I try my hardest to think of, you know, a logical, cohesive explanation within kayfabe for a lot of what happens so, in wrestling. We'll get back to Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. Uh, you mentioned that earlier, and I kind of wanted to touch on it, is the, the kayfabe thing. Um, you know, a lot of people criticize me because I say that same exact thing, which is I get lost in kayfabe. I try to find a kayfabe explanation to explain things. And it's not a situation of, you know, it's still real to me, damn it. It's just, like I said, I want to be a fan, you know, who has fun. And the only the only way to have fun is to kind of connect the dots, you know, and just kind of figure stuff out. So I like, I like having that mentality, like what you just said, of like it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a blood feud anymore, you know, and things like, oh, why did Brock Lesnar show up? Oh, maybe in kayfabe, it's because he knew that this was the time that they were least expecting him. So he walks right in, beats the crap out of everybody. Nobody saw him coming. They all thought he was gone to UFC, and he took advantage of that. Well, here's another thing within within kayfabe. 
you know, those are the two men whose actions together cost him his championship. So, yeah, he's not back full-time. He's focusing on a UFC World Championship match. But you know what? If he gets an opportunity to mess with their livelihoods, he's going to get them back. Because he's Brock Lesnar, and he can hop on a plane and, you know, show up whenever he feels like it. Because he's got that, his money is established in kayfabe as well. That his return to established it, if you remember. With you know that right. the attack triple H, it's established that he's making tons of money. Um, it became part of kayfabe when uh, Edge and Cena had that segment. Um, Reigns later, you know, alluded to it. So it's established in kayfabe that Brock Lesnar makes a ton of money. So he just does whatever he feels like doing within kayfabe. Lesnar could get fired and not care. Very true. <laughs> I mean, and like I said, I mean, before we delve too deep into it, it's just you know, if you listen to this, sometimes we're gonna talk like that. We're gonna say have explanations that maybe WWE didn't explain, but you know, we just like to connect the dots. I mean, we're fans. Isn't we're fans that what we're supposed to do? Business. Isn't that what yeah, you're supposed I think so. to do? You know, I think so personally. Because look at any other form of entertainment, Kenny. Do you sit there? You know, you're watching a you know a play on stage. Do you sit there and go like? Do you sit there and go like? Oh man, look, look! I can see the wire hanging from you know Spider Man on Broadway. The he's back. Or like, oh no, there were six Spider Mans. He wasn't really well, webbing around the the the, the Broadway uh, theater. Well, of course he wasn't webbing around six places in the Broadway theater in the dark. Of course there are six actors portraying Spider Man in that moment. But is that what you sit there and do, or do you just get a kick out of the fact that Spider-Man, the character, is appearing all over the screen and getting sucked into right. the narrative? Yeah, but we're go- we're going back to be to, to bashing the people who are cynical about it. I kind of want to stick to to what I was saying, which was, um, you know, it, it's okay, you know, it's okay to kind of fantasize about the, that stuff because you know I go back to the Star Wars fans. You know, when the last episode, ugh, crap, that's to tell you how good of a was it the last jedi came out there it is the last jedi you know people were talking about oh who's ren's parents who are this who are this and they're speculating and speculation's okay it's okay to connect the dots it's okay to kind of you know imagine what you think is going to happen next that's part of being a fan people get so cynical in in wrestling i don't understand why wrestling isn't considered something like that um it's like oh roman reigns' booking is this okay i get it I get it. I'm not 100% supportive of his booking, but there's times where people just shit on Reigns for no reason. It's like they're sitting there like, look at him. He just comes out and he's got the same music and stuff. I don't like him. It's like, okay, do you like this? But you cheer every time the shield comes out. Now, so it's like you, you, you like something about him. Now, I'll speak to that, Kenny, because you and I are something we butt heads on. You you sat next to me two WrestleManias in a row in a Raw where I booed, booed Reigns until my throat hurt. And with all that said, it's I do have a problem with his booking, and I personally don't find his character's actions motivations consistent. But notice what I just said. I have an issue with his character's motivations and actions. I don't think he's a cohesive, consistent character with a set of values that I can sit there and go, okay, I like him because of this and that. Within Kayfabe, right. I can like him. I can like that he's he gets it done in the ring. You know, within kayfabe, right. he's beating Cena, right. he's beating Styles, he's beating Taker, he's beating Brock. You know, so. Um, but my issue with Reigns, I don't sit there and I'm not sitting there chanting like you know, stop the push or whatever other nonsense that people are sitting there chanting near us at WrestleMania. You know, I'm I'm I, my I'm taking out my frustration with the character because that's what I'm supposed to do as a fan. You know, uh, I guess it's hard for me to not rant on on Smarts, but um, it's just. My issues with Reigns don't stem from him as a performer, and yes, I, I'm bothered by his booking, but that's not what I'm doing when I'm watching the show because I love 31 when he faced Rock. That wasn't what that was. I did too. I did you too. Were there and, live and, for that. and 
yeah, I was there live with Brandon, who was asleep next to me. <laughs> and he, I'm so um, about. that was one of Roman's best matches. I mean, he, I may give Brandon, you know, shit, but, you know, he just jumped out of his seat when Seth Rollins came out. So, I mean, as much as he makes it seem like he's a cool guy and, you know, a TNA fan, there's two times I've seen him completely mark out. One was... Uh, 31 when Rollins music hit because we were all anticipating it but we didn't think we'd get it because it almost seemed like a, a Smarks dream for it's Seth a, Rollins a to come out. Exactly. It's like we were like hoping for it too much so it's like oh WWE won't do that and then he comes out and then you know if there was a roof on the place it blew off. Um, and then the other one was 33. I was there for that. Which this, yeah. You were there for that and I appreciate that Brandon can be a child sometimes and I, I mean that in a, not not in a, his attitude. I mean that he can lose himself in wrestling. It was because uh, when the Hardy Boys, goodness. when the Hardy Boys music hit, I mean this guy who's subdued, barely you know speaks above a normal tone. He just absolutely and, lost and it. And what I love more about that happening, and I, I kind of wish he was here to hear us tell the story, but it was a uh, Brandon in typical Brandon fashion. He was on his phone even at the as the new day's out, and you know we're all aware of the right, right, that the right. Hardys are in the building. Doing what he does, you know, we're aware the Hardys are in the building. The new day comes out, and we all kind of look at each other like, oh, oh, are the rumors true? Are the rumors true? And Brandon's still just on his phone, you know, not really engaged. And then all of a sudden, the opening note of Loaded hit, ding, 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 and Brandon jumps out of his seat with all of us, and it's funny, I told Kenny, or uh, Kenny and I have talked before about how, like, the fans tend to do the delete thing weird, so they don't hit the person next to them, and I told Kenny, I was like, you know, I guess the funny thing about that is at 33, I guess we're all doing it in unison, so we weren't hitting each other, and Kenny corrects me, and he goes, well, no, actually, Juan, you know, we were all actually hitting each other, we were just marking out so bad that we didn't care. Right, the adrenaline the adrenaline was going so bad that like you're hitting the person next to you in the chest and like everybody's just so hyped that nobody really cared that that was happening. It wasn't like, oh, don't touch me, bro. I mean, it was just like, holy crap, it's the Hardys. And that was the only emotion you felt at that time. I mean, me and Brandon um, definitely were, were hitting each other. I know for sure. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I, I, I purposely was hitting Brandon, probably. Um, I, mean, I was wondering why you were doing the delete, the delete thing like below the belt, but that's, that's not either here or there. Because I want to make sure that he doesn't procreate. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, okay. So so back to Reigns. I mean, with with Reigns, I think the problem I have is like I get it. Trust me, I get it. Everybody's critical of his booking. I too am critical of his booking. But for what he gets in terms of booking, he does hit it out of the park more often than not. And the problem I have with Reigns it, to critique him is quite simply. They've been inconsistent with him. It's like they keep going to pull the trigger, and then, you know, the gun gets jammed. It's like, okay, either do it or don't. And so that goes back to him finally winning the Universal title. I'm really happy he has the title right now, because as a character, it was really bad for him to just be chasing this thing and not get it ever. Same. It started back in 2015. People want to talk about Reigns getting the push to the moon, but he hasn't had the title all that much. I mean, it's just it's just to show you that yeah, people are like, oh, he's getting pushed. No, I want I want y'all to realize, people like The Rock, people like Austin, they went up in very very quickly to the main event status. Reigns has been in a main event status, but he's been like held off. Basically, he's on the back burner for a while while they're pushing guys like Brock and other people. But anyway, the point is, as a character, I'm glad he finally has a title. Because now that he finally has a title, we can evolve him a little bit more and hopefully get him to a different place. 
whereas he was kind of just stuck in limbo for the longest and it was irritating um you know but okay so to go back to jeff hardy randy Orton, did not forget about it uh that was match of the night easily um i mean jeff hardy i think everybody was expecting a swanton off the cell and he got a lot more creative than that oh yeah you know, for with sure the ladders and uh i think and this is my opinion i don't i could be wrong my opinion is that that last spot that there was a miscommunication because Randy Orton got off a lot sooner than he should have. Mm -hmm. But I think, I don't know if it was planned that Jeff was going to take a back bump as opposed to a front bump or if Orton just expected that or whatever. But it's very clear that Jeff Hardy swings forward and Orton gets off the table. So I think he was expecting Jeff to drop and take a flat back Mm -hmm. right there. My opinion. I just speculating. But anyway, um, not to call attention to just the mistake. That match was, you know, we talk about wanting blood feuds in Hell in a Cell. That changed my opinion because that was a blood feud. Um, going into that, going into that, the build was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just critical because I wanted the other two matches. I said. Um, as Hell in a Cell matches, but when he put that screwdriver through, you know, his ear, mm-hmm. holy crap! Yes, we talk about like that's that's up there. It's funny. We talk about Mick Foley taking that bump off the Hell in a Cell '98. That's not as much cringe on a human level as watching another man put a screwdriver <laughs> through, you know, a, a piercing right. and uh, the, what do you call it? A gauge. And even though we know, you know, he's got the gauges, so he's got a big hole right there. It's still just, it's suspending your disbelief and just going, oh, that's got to be, that's got to be painful no matter how you look at it. Right. Um, but anyway, I think, I think we'll wrap it up. Maybe get one more, one more segment to go here. Sure. And then just, what do you think? What do you think we should do? I think we should have a paddling. <laughs> so here's something we discussed. Uh, we'll have a segment. We're big Simpsons fans, so uh, we're going to have a segment called That's a Paddling. Basically, things we liked or didn't like um, this week in wrestling. Talking out of turn. That's a paddling. Looking out the window. That's a paddling. Staring at my sandals. That's a paddling. Paddling the school canoe. Oh, you better believe that's a paddling. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll probably stick to Raw and SmackDown this week. I'll fully admit to you listeners out there, I haven't caught up on everything else going on. I've Raw and SmackDown. Looking out the window. That's a paddling. Staring at my sandals. That's a paddling. Paddling the school um, canoe. Incredible. Oh, you yeah, better believe sad. that's a paddling. Uh, you know, it's, mm. Nobody today, not very many people today, just have it. Like, these old, like the old guard does, Kenny. It just it kind of makes me sad. Well, yeah, and then we go back to the cynical fans. They're like, oh, with this old man, Undertaker, he needs to retire. Oh, how sad is it? You should be focusing on the fact that a man his age can walk in, have the presence that he does. Nobody else in this era has the presence that the Undertaker does. Nobody else can cut the promo he cuts. There's a reason why they still allow him to do what he does. He's a very, very special human being. And people should be more critical that current stars can't get to that level more than they should be that Undertaker, this part-timer who only shows up once or twice a year, is still doing it. I mean, can't the fans just enjoy a legend showing up on Rusev Day? Like, 
Can't we just right? I mean, we had we had a, a segment with the Undertaker on a very special Rusev Day. I just I don't I don't understand fans. Um, and here's one I'm gonna have a lot to say about. Um, how'd you know about Bobby Lashley and Elias on Raw? That's definitely not a paddling. Uh, that that was Leo Rush. I haven't been not that I haven't been the biggest fan, but I've just I didn't think he was as special as people made it seem. That segment made me a Leo Rush fan. That segment, he did well. He Elias played well. He seemed braggadocious, but dare I say he's a better braggadocious babyface than he is a braggadocious heel. So, okay, and while I think those points stands, my larger problem with the whole thing is that. Wait, wait. So, so are you saying that's a paddling to that one? I'm not saying that's a paddling. I'm saying Bobby Lashley's booking is a paddling. Since he's been back, okay. That's that, that's get, that's like even a pattern. I'll have something. I'll have something to say about that. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's just you have Lashley back. He did the best work of his career in TNA. You know, he became very, very good. Worked with the likes of Kurt Angle and had big feuds with lots and lots of people. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're recording a podcast and you're printing something out that very audibly in the background here. How rude! Uh, so, uh, uh, Bobby Lashley. Yes, Lashley. So it's I just don't like his booking. You have him back. He's better than he's ever been. Um, I honestly think he's one of the few cases that I don't think he needed a mid card feud to reestablish himself. I think he could have been put in a contender level thing, you know, fighting guys like Samoa Joe. And he was, but remember, remember the fact that he kind of was without being put into the um, the main event. So it was established that he was a main eventer. He's a uh, returning right main off the eventer. Bat. He was a returning right. main eventer. So right. Um, you know, I don't think he needed to do this little mid-card feud to reestablish himself. Like, even fans who might be a little younger, they've watched WrestleMania 23 when he was with, you know, Trump against McMahon. You know, they, he a big, they know he's a big deal. Um, so, the other part of that is, I don't know why WWE is trying so hard to avoid the very obvious Lesnar-Richard-Lashley feud. And... Is it, is it, and this goes back to, you know, me being talking about people who are being cynical i think one thing and i'm using you as an example here Mm -hmm. is it that they're not booking that or is it that people are not allowing these things to happen organically i think because i'll I'll say it like this i know people are critical of undertaker and sting not happening but i don't think that wwe was not going to book that dare i say they were going to do it at wrestlemania 32 but you know, obviously Sting got hurt and they couldn't go with it. So I think with the Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar thing, I think everybody was expecting that at SummerSlam. But I'm okay with the fact that Roman got the title. I'm okay if Lesnar faces Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Is it? I think I think we're not giving it enough time to play out. I think we would have been sorely disappointed if Bobby Lashley fought Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam because. Right now, Bobby Lashley's just getting his footing on on being back, you know. And and the point I was gonna make about his lack of push or his lack of character, we all correct me if I'm wrong. We all think Bobby Lashley's best time period was when he was with MVP and TNA, right? I agree. Okay, Leo Rush is his MVP now, so to me, we give it time, let them work their chemistry out. I see big things with the Leo Rush attachment to Bobby Lashley. I feel like being his hype man, he's going to allow Bobby Lashley to really develop that character. 
Bobby Lashley's already doing well. He's showing inklings of having a lot of charisma with Leo Rush. But I think we're being overly critical of Bobby Lashley from the time period of, you know, April to September. And we need to give it time to breathe. Let it play out going into WrestleMania season. I expect big things from Bobby Lashley. My opinion. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I gotta wait it out. Maybe I'm a little more patient. So maybe you're right. You know, I'll, I'll, I might touch base on this again in a couple of weeks, depending on what Lashley's right. doing. Let's talk. Let's talk about it in a couple of weeks. We'll touch back on Bobby Lashley, see how he's doing. Maybe give him a call, see if he'll call us back. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, see if he'll he'll call us back with a back like that. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, um. So I'm gonna jump to SmackDown because I know we have too much more time left in our podcast. But right. Styles versus Almas. Wow, not a paddle. Did not know. Yeah, did not know that that was a feud I wanted. <laughs> right. Like, that was one of those where you go, almost is awesome. Styles is awesome, but you would never think to put the two of them together. And kudos to whoever decided to. You know, Kenny. Because with, with amazing. That, with that said, Kenny, I, I think it's honestly you may be giving a little more credit to someone on the writing team than just AJ Styles himself. I think he in his late career he's developed this ability to make every feud and every match important like i keep pointing out all the time he had a very meaningful feud with james ellsworth we were on the edge of our seats for those matches with james ellsworth and right and and it goes back to i think that's the booking styles is getting is exactly what people expected daniel bryan to get you know when he was heavyweight champion they wanted that daniel bryan the one who's you know, able to pull matches out of everybody where they were kind of giving him the the short end of the stick more often than not, even as champion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I saw, I mean, to your point, I saw Brian face Kamala, you know, in Ring of Honor. And it was an incredibly engaging match. I was sucked into every move. And at the end of the day, Daniel Bryan, or Brian, Brian Danielson then, is defending the Ring of Honor title against Kamala in like 2005. Right. right. And that goes back to the James Ellsworth point, you know, AJ Styles made James Ellsworth look like a million bucks. You know, it's not to knock Ellsworth, who, by the way, we, we need to insert that promo <laughs> right there because we have James. We have footage of James Ellsworth cutting a promo on Brandon. I, we I should, should pay him not. to record an intro. Yes, a hundred percent. But anyway, to to touch on that, I mean, AJ Styles can work magic with anybody. That being said. Let's not discredit the fact that Almas is a star. Absolutely. Like he's absolutely he's absolutely impressing everybody. I mean, even at NXT, he was just kind of like, you know, at first when he was babyface, it was kind of like, eh. Then when Zelina Vega came into the uh, play, we were like, oh, okay, he's got something. He's stepped it up even more since coming to SmackDown. Like, he's... I don't know what's what's happened with him, but he's taking the ball and he's running with it. And there's rumors that Vince McMahon are, uh, is really impressed with him. It's easy to see why, because he's giving him these opportunities and he's hitting it out of the park. You know, I mean, come on. At the end of the day, Vince had to give the okay to put almost with Styles yes. on that match. And he hit it out of the park. I expect big things from him. I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see him feuding with Styles going into, you know, the Royal Rumble or something, or, you know, at least going for a mid-card title uh, very soon, you know what I mean? And you, know, um, you know something I miss, Kenny? I miss what I call sidebar feuds, okay? You know, and they were still doing them up to, you know, 2004, 2006, because 
I remember little sidebar feuds like remember Cena had the had the little feud with Brock Lesnar while Lesnar was getting ready to fight Kurt Angle WrestleMania 19, and then eventually came right. back around. He challenged Brock at Backlash uh, Bo Six. No, no, way too late. Backlash 03. and right. then uh, you know little sidebar feuds like um, Hardcore Holly had that match with Lesnar at the Rumble. It was a one pay per view feud. You know, but it was something different. We knew Lesnar was on a trajectory to face, you know, Goldberg or some big star. But I, I dare I say, as much as I don't like Hardcore Holly, that was a very good feud. Hardcore Holly looked like an actual challenger to Lesnar. And, you know, like you're saying about Almas right now, like, and even Ellsworth, even just last year, we had the Ellsworth, you know, sidebar feud with Silas that was part of a larger narrative of his feud with uh, Ambrose. And... You know, why aren't we doing that more often? Why don't we have these little mini feuds? Why isn't Styles, you know, facing Almaz every week as he prepares for a pay per view title shot? You know, I don't know, man. It's just it's a little. Let me let, me let me let me give you the other side of the coin. Um, I think it's actually really cool. Um, I don't think people are paying attention to this fact, but do you not notice that on Raw and SmackDown they they're rotating the talent a little bit now? Yes. So people people are obviously critical of WWE not having an off season. But what they're not really paying attention to, because they like to critique and not, you know, praise. But WWE's rotating a lot of talents. There'll be times where one talent's not on Raw for a week or two. Or AJ Styles is not on SmackDown for a week or two, but he's just cutting a promo. WWE's caring about the longevity of these characters. They're rotating them in and out so that you can, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right. You know, and if AJ Styles cuts a promo one week, we're dying to see him the next week to wrestling. You know what I mean? And we don't take for granted that, you know, AJ Styles, who's in his 40s now, you know, there's going to be sooner rather than later, there's going to be a day where he doesn't wrestle. Um, I applaud WWE for that because they're rotating these guys in and out. I mean, this week even, I think, uh, who was who did I say was missing? Um, the former, uh, former Absolution members. Um, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, they were absent from SmackDown. That's good. That's good to keep them not around all the time so that when they come back, they can make more of an impact. Simple. I agree with that. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like we liked WWE this week. There's <laughs> something I'm forgetting. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I think WWE was a big plus this week. Um, you know, I mean, Brandon didn't watch most of it, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But that's because it's Brandon. Um, I mean, but no, I, I would say big thumbs up for WWE this week. Um, I know I'm not, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm just too happy-go-lucky compared to most fans. I can only find the good. <laughs> and for that, you will be a far, far poorer smart. And so you know what? If we need to give our pattern to somebody, how about we talk about the yeah, technical difficulties? it? The technical difficulties we had when this <laughs> podcast started, I think Brandon Brown deserves it. So you know what, Brandon That's, Brown? Yep. That's a Brandon battle. Brown, that's a paddling, absolutely, for the technical difficulties that you faced, especially staring at my sandals. Um, Gosh. <laughs> paddling the school canoe. You, oh, you better believe that's a paddling. Um, yeah, but that's absolutely a paddling because Brandon, ha- like I said, we've recorded music since 2006, and this guy couldn't set up a microphone to record uh this podcast to the point where he had to drop out early because he needed to go to work. That's because there was 45 minutes 
of him trying to set up a microphone. And, and for the record, for all you guys out here, I, I, I have a lot of uh, things going on professionally for myself right now. So um, I typically use the midday to take a quick power nap to recharge myself, you know. And uh, right. I, I, I gave that up today to take, to take a shot of this podcast. No, well, let me, let, me, let me call attention to it, you know. Let me give you credit. I mean, here's a guy that works no less than two jobs, what, two or three? Or, three. And, you know, one. so you get, and not only that, but you work out in between, mm-hmm. you know, so you try to keep yourself in shape and then, you know, you try to nap wherever you could. Well, today you're giving up your nap so that you could be a part of this. Um, and then we're sitting there for an hour just listening to Brandon fiddle with his microphone. And holy crap, I felt so bad that you just had to go through all of that. And not only that, but after Brandon dropped out, you stayed on another hour. So kudos to you. You're a better co-host than Brandon ever will be. And he's probably asleep right now. He's probably not even at work. I've, I won't tell you where he works, but I do frequent his work often. Um, it is a, I'll just say it is a food store, and I do go there often. And so sometimes I'll text him, like, sometimes I'll text him, like, hey, you at work? And he'll be like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm at work. I'm like, oh, really? Because I'm here. I'm like a jealous girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start, we're going we're gonna to finish up your face with that old uh, obsessive girlfriend meme. And, <laughs> right. But, um, no, if so, I was uh, your girlfriend, I'd never let you go. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and here's the thing, guys, you know, the, the kicker is Brandon works for a small regional chain, okay? It's not like, you know, he's this big conglomerate or anything that he can just be lost in. No, he should be accessible, you know, whenever, you know, Kenny shows up to the store. But it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like it's not the case. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just giving him hell for it. But no, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll admit this and then we'll go home on the, on this podcast, but, uh. You know, I like a, don't don't tell him. He'll probably won't listen to this. But I like to give him shit. I just like to give him shit about, you know, take basically embellish something that he's done. So sometimes, like I'll be at his work. I'm like, oh, you told me you'd be at work. He's like, yeah, I'll be there at two, and I'm there at like one forty-five. And I'm like, you see how you lie to me? You're not actually at work. You're probably out there with some girl and blah blah blah. And yeah, so. That's just pretty much what I do to him. I've, I've done that to him for a decade. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully in the future we're planning to do podcasts on a couple of shows we've been at, uh, you know, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll just play, you know, the Brandon stories about those shows. Hopefully we have to do that in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we do WrestleMania 32 weekend, I mean, half of that conversation is just going to be about Brandon's shenanigans. Um, I think 33 would be more about, you know, the fact that that was a – very personally emotional weekend. Well, I, I think and we're that, also we're also yeah. uh, forgetting that we could uh, you know we can also do a podcast episode about a uh, takeover when takeover Dallas in 2016 because we weren't there at the show live, but we have an experience to share. And of course, Brandon was lost on his phone. Right. <sighs> cool. Well, good episode. I mean, it's the second episode. The first. I don't. To be honest with you all, I don't even know if I'm going to upload the first. Um, it's just recorded on uh, two iPhones and Brandon lost his audio so literally you can only hear me with a whisper of him in the background but you know I might just upload it so that you all can hear um, second podcast a little bit better um, you know we got our equipment set up for this one at least you know me and Juan did uh, Brandon sort of set it up set up his up uh, like you know I'm, I'm so, anyway yeah we'll see all these recorders come out because I mean I know you and I think we did it right but yeah, we've had glitches before so yeah Holy crap! You know what I'm realizing though. What's up? You know how how do you end a podcast? Because right now, like I'm sitting there going, well, "Do we just say bye? What, what do we do?" Yeah, Kenny. The longer we sit here, the cuter you get. 
And on that note, we're going to go home. That's it. I like that. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm totally serious. No, All right, I'm, everybody. I'm... Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. I thought the show was over with you.